If you would, open your uh, New Testaments to Ephesians chapter 1. That's where we'll begin uh, this morning. I was in Auburn, Alabama uh, a few Wednesday nights ago and uh, studying in Genesis. uh, And we'll get there uh, today, but it's where this uh, thought from for this lesson came from, and a guy said something in that class that uh, got me to thinking about uh, a few things, and and so we'll, it's going to take us a minute to get there, we'll, we'll get back to Genesis, but if you would, in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance and to the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. If you see that in verse 3, I want us to think about uh, this, this few, ver- few words here in this verse. Uh, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so I want us to think this morning together uh, about the spiritual blessings that come through Christ. What are those? Uh, what are the blessings? You know, I titled this lesson, of course, I don't have a PowerPoint, but I titled it uh, Blessings from Above. So what are these blessings that were promised uh, as Christians uh, as being members of the Lord Church. And specifically, he mentions here the spiritual blessings. We'll talk uh, mostly this morning about that. Um, but we do find some other blessings that, that we have from uh, from God that would be what I would think of as more earthly uh, blessings. But, you know, here he mentions some of them that will, Paul mentions some of them here that we'll talk about uh later on in the lesson but in verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood so we're been, we've been redeemed through Christ the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace uh verse 9 having made known to us the mystery of his will and so we'll think we'll talk some more about about this as well this this revelation uh that that has been given to us uh his word the mystery of his will it talks about the prophets inquired to look into these things in times of old. Um, and you see uh, in verse 11 in him, we also have attained an inheritance. So this idea of eternal life, this idea of the, the promise of heaven, uh, 
is another blessing that we have in Him. Go to First Timothy. I want us to start off this morning thinking about, uh, again, what I would think of as more of these earthly blessings uh, that come through Christ or come uh, through God, I guess, in Christ. First Timothy 6, verse 17, Command those who... Verse, chapter 6, verse 17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that may lay hold on eternal life. And so uh, he, he says there in verse 17 that he gives us richly all things to enjoy. And, of course, I don't think that's limited uh, here to just uh, the earthly uh, blessings that we enjoy, but uh, certainly spiritual as well. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And what is he talking about here? He's talking about, if you go back up to verse uh, 31, uh, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? So he's talking about the physical things of this life, these necessities, uh, the things that we need. He's saying God's going to provide those things. Don't, uh, don't worry about those things. Uh, but what? Seek first the, the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things are just, God's going to provide those things. Don't worry about these other things. God's going to provide our needs. He's going to take care of the things that we need in this life. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and in verse 24. Luke 18 and in verse 24. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, of course this is just after he talked to the rich young ruler, uh, and it says there in verse 23, let's talk verse 23, but when he had heard this, that being the rich young ruler, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, Who then can be saved? But he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And Peter says, See, we have left all and followed you. So he said to them, Surely I say to you, There is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. And so here again, God uh, letting Peter know that, look, you know, you have forsaken uh, all. He said, you know, Peter says, see, we've left all and followed you. He's saying, look, I'll take care of you. I'm going to take care of those physical things that you need here. And then he says, what? Uh, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come, eternal life. So not only are you going to be taken care of here, I'm going to provide for you, but there's going to be something beyond this life for you to look forward to. There's going to be eternal life uh, for you to have. So the spiritual going along there as well. So uh, <clears throat> I do want to focus more on, on the spiritual blessings uh, now, just kind of transition into that. I'm not claiming to have an exhaustive list here, all right? So we're going to talk about some. I, I'm sure I've, I've missed some. I'm sure there's some that you will probably think about or have thought about already that I may not cover or think about while we're talking uh, this morning. Uh, and and I guess we're singing the next hour, but, you know, 
I guess we could talk about those uh, later. But we talked about this last week, Philippians 4 and in verse 7. Philippians 4, let's start in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Regard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a promise. He's telling us this this will happen. So if you you abide by verse 6, the peace of God which passes all understanding, it's going to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So go back to Ephesians. He's telling us that He's given us every spiritual blessing uh, through Him, through Christ. So yes, peace is one of these blessings that we can have as Christians. We can have the peace that passes all understanding if we follow Him. Go back to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and in verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I think of this uh, in a lot of ways uh Pretty closely related to the peace, but you know you're, you're going to have rest uh, for your soul. He's promising that. He's saying, "Come to me, and I'm going to give you rest. Come to me, you're going to have rest for your soul." So, another blessing through Him. First Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter ten. First Corinthians, chapter ten, and in verse thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hold your hand there. Second uh, Peter 2. Second Peter 2 and in verse 9. And the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to preserve the unjust on a punishment for the day of judgment. So this idea of being uh, God's able to deliver us uh, out of the t- temptations. He's going to allow us a way of escape. To me, this is a blessing. You know, To know that there's nothing that's going to come to me in this life that God hadn't provided or that God uh, has not given me means to get out of. So it's not impossible for me uh, to overcome any temptations that come my way. Uh, it says there back in 1 Corinthians 10 that God is faithful. He's not going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to stand. He's going to make that way of escape. Uh, and in my mind, that's that's a blessing. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm happy uh, about that. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and in verse 13. Luke 11 and in verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you, give, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Uh, we're going to read a couple of verses in relation to this idea of uh, the blessing of the Holy Spirit being given to us as Christians. First Corinthians, First Corinthians three, First Corinthians three, and in verse sixteen, 
Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians and verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So he's telling us here that the Holy Spirit is given to us uh, from God. Uh, we see, we saw in Ephesians that the Holy Spirit was our guarantee. If you, uh, I think that was in chapter tw- or verse 12 and 13 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. But, you know, so this idea of the Holy Spirit being given to the faithful, this is a blessing that we have. It's something that, that the God has given to those that are faithful to Him. Um, and He's telling us this should change us. You know, you're not your own anymore. You have the Spirit living within you, the Spirit of God uh, abiding within the faithful. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot wrapped up in that. There's a lot to think about there. But, you know, that that's a blessing that we have uh, as the faithful, as uh, being followers of Him. Go back to John chapter 10. And there's a lot of verses that uh, in our Bibles that we could read um, that are going to talk about this. But John 10, let's start in verse 22. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. And I, as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. And so this God saying, or Jesus is telling them, I'm going to give them eternal life. So uh, you know, we've already talked about this in several other places, this idea of the the promise of something better beyond this life, something that's uh, going to last forever. It's, it is eternal life, he's saying, that he's given to them. Um, Romans 8 talks about the love of God. Uh, I'm not going to read from there, but you know, um, there's a lot of language in there about nothing uh, can overtake that, nothing's going to surpass that. And we he's given us the promise here that, you know, if we follow him in verse 27, and they follow me, that he's going to give us eternal life. They're never going to perish. Neither shall anyone take them out of my Father's hand. It's not going to happen. If we follow him, he's promising us eternal life. The <clears throat> next thing I'd like for us to think about is uh, this idea of intercession and prayer, this idea of being able to come before the Father, uh, come in his presence, uh, before the throne in heaven and the intercession that's provided uh, by Jesus, kind of all all in the same time. Let's turn to Hebrews uh, for this discussion. Hebrews talks a lot uh, about this. Let's start in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Go to chapter 7. In verse 25. 
it's hard to pick what verses to read, you know, in Hebrews when you're trying to uh, think about this. So I'm, I'm plucking a few out. But Hebrews 7 and verse 25, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So here you should get this idea of, you know, this intercession that, that Jesus is making on our behalf. Hebrews 9 and verse 6. Hebrews 9 and verse 6. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But in the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the services perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having attained eternal redemption. But if the blood of bulls, uh, blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive promises of the eternal inheritance. And of course, so you, you know, you see a lot of spiritual blessings in this just one insert in Hebrews. But you know, this idea of being able to go before the throne, enter the most holy place, uh, you know, that's the kind of access that we've been granted through Christ uh, to be able to come to God in prayer at any time. And this is related to eternal life, but if you turn over to Romans 8, this idea of being adopted, being children, being heirs uh, with Christ. Romans 8 and verse 16, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified with Him. And so verse 16 uh, we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So, you know, we're promised this eternal life, uh, but, you know, you, you see the relationship that God is trying to establish with us. He's saying that, you know, you're, you're, I'm taking you as my children. I, I'm adopting you in. Uh, you're now heirs. Uh, you're joint heirs with Christ. Uh, that's a special place in my mind, a special uh, place that we've been given uh, as his heirs. For the rest of the time uh, we're together, I want to I want to chase a uh, swamp rabbit with you. All right. For those of y'all that are familiar with rabbit hunting, uh, a swamp rabbit runs a big circle. All right, and a cottontail rabbit runs a little circle. So I want to go on a little rabbit trail with you uh, for the rest of the time we're together. Uh, and this is going to relate back to what I was telling you. Um, what came to my mind uh, there at Auburn a few weeks ago, uh, or I guess what was brought to my attention, maybe is a better way to put that. But First Peter one, verse ten. 
we're going to start here and we're going to go back to Genesis and we're going to come all the way back. All right, so that's what I mean. We're going to, we're going to just run this rabbit for a minute. First Peter 1 and verse 10. Of this salvation, of course, so we're picking up in the middle of Peter's thought here, but of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified before the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Here again, the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. So here you have Peter telling us, look, this salvation that is available to you, the prophets wanted to know about. They searched carefully. They, they, were, they were wondering uh, what this was about, who prophesied the grace that would come to you. Um, they wondered about the glories that would follow. Uh, to them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us. So, you know, they, they still, there was, pro, there was prophecies about what uh, the covenant we're under, the blessings that we have now uh, through Christ. They couldn't fully understand them. They didn't 100% know uh, and it says there uh, that they've been preached to us uh, who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. And you just think about that for a minute. All the prophets of old uh, wondering about what we know, what we've all got in our hands, the promises that have been fulfilled to now. They're, they're wondering about it. All right, uh, And the angels up in heaven didn't know. Uh, but now we know. Now we're living uh, in this time. Um, so go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. This is the story in the garden where... Um, Adam and Eve eat of the fruit which they're not uh, supposed to eat. Genesis 3 and verse 8, And they heard the sign of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God, presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. If you look back up to verse 4, the serpent's talking to the woman. And the point that was brought up in that class a couple of Wednesday nights ago where I was, was this idea that in the garden, uh, it's like the world that me and you know was somehow mixed with the spiritual realm. You know, that uh, God, they recognized God as walking. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. So Adam and Eve would have known what that sounded like. They would have known what he his voice sounded like. The serpent was there. So this idea, and I think back, uh, and I, I think it's in Ephesians, it talks about you know the spiritual world there, that we're equipped to, to fight that spiritual world, and all the things that are going on around us that I can't see, that I don't really 100% understand. I, and so it seems that these things were somehow mixed in the garden. There was this presence of God there. Uh, and the guy made the comment of how 
how, I don't know, special, I can't remember his exact wording, but how special or interesting or neat that would have, that would be to, to be a part of that, where that, uh, where all these things were taking place. And I thought about that for a minute and I said, well, you know, I agree, I agree with you. That would be interesting. That would be neat. But how special a time do we live in? And I was thinking about first Peter when I said that, you know, so, um, yeah, there's been a lot of special times in, in, in history uh, all through the Bible where different events were taking place that would have been just inspiring. Or your eyes, just, just to think about beholding them, to see them, uh, to me, would just, I mean, I just like, man, that would be amazing. It would be great to see. It would be great to witness. Uh, but yet we're told we live in the most special time in history. And why is that? It's because of Christ. It's because of the sacrifice he's made for us. Think about Noah, and I, you know, I just want to march through um, a little bit of history and just kind of think, think through, think of that concept of of uh, these different people or these different times, and then think back to who we are and what time we live in and the things that have been done on our behalf. Genesis six and in verse nine, we're talking about Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And so this idea of walking with God, and, you know, again, in my mind, I'm thinking, what would that have been like? Uh, how special would that have been uh, to be uh, walking with God? Uh, Noah lived in that time, and he did walk with God. Abraham, Genesis 17 and verse 1. When Abraham was 90, Nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying... And so uh, let's go to verse 22, same chapter. So Abraham took Ishmael his son and all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male... Well, that's the wrong verse. 22. Then he finished talking with him, and God went up uh, from Abraham. And so God's talking directly with Abraham. God, Abraham knows what that feels like. Abraham was there. Abraham uh, was a part of that. Uh, chapter 18 and verse 33. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Again, uh, I don't know. I just uh, maybe it's just me, but I think about uh, how special uh, that would have been to to be Abraham or Noah uh, in that instance. Then you you know I think about the time of Moses, all right, uh, and the people the people of Israel that were were there in Egypt, even the Egyptians. Uh, they see the ten plagues. They see the parting of the Red Sea. All these all these things taking place around them. Um, all the events surrounding Moses. You know, you just think about being just being around Moses at any point in time in his life, uh, and all the events that take place in Exodus nineteen and in verse sixteen. Um, and it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended 
like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded like uh, s- sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Could you imagine being there, seeing all these events uh, take place? Go to Exodus 33. Seemed to me that, you know, when I was studying for this lesson and thinking about, thinking through all this, that there's a lot written about Moses and just Moses' relationship with God uh, and, you know, how they um, conversed and interacted uh, with one another. There seems to be a lot more information on Moses than maybe uh, any of these other characters we're going to talk about this morning. Exodus 33 and in verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speak to his, speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Numbers 12. Numbers 12 and in verse 8. Let's go to verse 5. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron, Miriam, and they both went uh, forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? You can hold your place in the Old Testament, but if you go to James chapter 2 and in verse 23, And the Scriptures was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God was a kind of for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And again, uh, you know, just thinking about um, being Moses, being around Moses in that time, uh, he was said to uh, here be the friend of God. He saw the form of the Lord. I speak to him face to face. Uh, he's called the friend of God. Um, but again, we live in a more special time than Moses. I, we're we're more blessed than Moses uh, to be living in the New, New Testament times, be members of the Lord's church. Think about the time of Joshua conquering the land, Jericho and the walls falling, the time of Elijah. Uh, even the time of Jesus and the apostles when Jesus was still here. Uh, the time of the New Testament when the apostles were still performing miracles. They were still speaking in tongues, speaking in the Holy, uh, speaking of the Holy Spirit or, or in the Holy Spirit. Um, and of course, until after Jesus died and established his church, uh, none of those times were as special as the time in which we live because we have the completed uh, finished word. We all have it before us. You know, I think about the great responsibility we have uh, because of the information and access to it that we have. We all have the Bible sitting in our laps. Uh, we know um, all the promises. We can read about them. We can be assured of them. Uh, and the promises of the Old Testament have been fulfilled in Jesus. All of it looking to Him. 
Go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and in verse 8. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which was in part will be done away. So even in New Testament times, they had something that was not quite complete. He's telling them here, uh, that which is perfect is, is come, that which is in part will be done away with. And if you go to James, Mr. Gary was the one that tied this together for me uh, years ago, but James 1 and verse 25, but he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. And so uh, we we can be assured that what we have in front of us is, is the perfect law of liberty uh it's it's completed we we have more than what the new testament church had um in the way of our of the completed test or the completed revelation i guess is the best way to say that go back to first peter i told you we'd come we'd come all the way back and again you know this morning i i wanted us to think through the blessings that we have, that we, that we, you know, if you go back to Ephesians 1, the spiritual blessings and the heavenly places in Christ, the blessings that we have access to um, through being a part of the Lord's church. First Peter 1 and in verse 10, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. We truly have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot of blessings to be mindful of every day. Uh, and those are not just physical. These are spiritual blessings that we have through Him. We have the promises fulfilled. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. We have access to the throne uh, in heaven. Uh, anytime we pray, we have His completed Word. Uh, and in all reality, we live in the time that all the godly men before us wanted to be a part of, wanted to know about, wanted uh, to see. And so let's be mindful of of Jesus and the blessings we have through Him uh, as we go about this week uh, and be thankful for Him uh, and realize what they are. If there's anyone here today uh, that needs the prayers of the saints, we'd ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.